Hello and welcome to Fitness Without the Fluff podcast. I'm your host, Norma Pearson, the fitness troubleshooter, answering your questions and cutting through the fluff so you don't have to. And we're on episode three, and this episode is how to develop long-term health and fitness while staying motivated. So you know when you start off and you're new to exercise and you're all excited and it's a bit like um you know a kid in a toy shop or a sweet shop you know there's so much to choose from and, and what do you pick first You know nowadays we have so many options with exercise you know we have the traditional live face to face um instructor led classes you might find these in leisure centers health clubs, private members clubs or in the community, you know, in the traditional village hall or community center. But now we also have um the, the age of digital. You know, you have a multitude of apps, both free and paid. You have membership sites, uh videos on demand, and you also have live um instructor-led classes online as well just to add to the confusion. So it can be very hard to know where to start, um what exercises to begin with, um what exercises you should do, what programs or classes you should try first. And then as you start to get into it and get a bit fitter, how do you progress? Where do you then take your program? You know, if a lot of people start to plateau after a few weeks or months and they stop seeing results, or they end up doing the same type of workout day in day out week after week and they soon get bored it becomes a chore they stop enjoying it and eventually they stop doing exercise um and they lose all of the fitness gains and the health gains that they might have made so the first thing i can say is that you really need to choose activities that you do enjoy so exercise um formal exercise can be um as simple as um organizing a regular time to do a physical activity such as brisk walking or cycling or maybe attending a dance class with a friend as long as it's enjoyable there's more chance that you'll stick with it and adhere to it and at the end of the day the most effective uh training program is one that you stick with um so that you can progress get more skillful and and gain the maximum benefits from so rather than sort of taking a dive and getting lost in the rabbit hole of the many hundreds or even thousands of different types of exercise and classes and fitness programs out there i'm going to talk instead about uh the components of fitness now if you look this up on google or youtube or um ask a facebook friend or two you'll probably find different variations of the components of fitness but for simplicity i'm going to talk about 10 components of fitness in this episode um a 10 is a nice round number it's an even number which is less upsetting for some people and i further divided these 10 components of fitness into four health related uh skills or components and six skills related components uh doing quick sort of mental arithmetic that should add up to 
So if you are brand new to exercise or perhaps you're returning back to exercise from a break, then I would suggest looking at the four health-related components of fitness first. These are the ones that are going to have the biggest impact on your health and well-being. And then as you start to get fitter, as you start to see your health markers and your fitness markers begin to improve, then in order to maintain your motivation and continue to progress and see results, you can start to move on to the six skills-related components, which will keep you motivated and continue your enjoyment of exercise, physical activity and movement in general. For health and fitness markers, you can refer back to episode one where I talked about health versus fitness and how we might measure them. So let's take a dive into the 10 components of fitness, starting with the four health components. So the first health component or health related component of fitness is cardiovascular endurance. So this is the ability of the heart and lungs to deliver oxygen during sustained activity. And you might measure this using the dreaded bleep test, which is where you do a shuttle run between two markers, say a couple of cones at a set distance apart, and the bleeps get shorter and shorter in duration. So you have to run faster and faster to make it between the two markers before the next bleep. It's a particularly savage test. Um, but it's very effective and one that is traditionally used or has been traditionally used by um, the police um, and sometimes the armed forces to measure fitness. So that's cardiovascular endurance. And it's basically making your heart and lungs healthier and stronger. Then you have muscular endurance, which is the ability of the muscles to produce force without tiring. So here you might do a squat test or a press-up test. So squat test would um, test the muscular endurance of the legs or the lower body. And very simply, you would uh, count the number of squats that you can do in, say, one minute. The press-up test is a measure of upper body muscular endurance. And similar to the squat test, you'd measure how many press-ups you could do on your knees or toes in one minute. The third health-related component of fitness is muscular strength, which is measuring how much force you can produce in one effort. And this might be measured by your classic one rep max or one repetition max um, in free weights, which is how heavy a weight you can lift in one repetition. Obviously, you would warm up first before attempting this, um, but it's used very much in free weights. The fourth health-related component of fitness is mobility. And that's the capacity of your joints, muscles, tendons and ligaments to move through different planes and ranges of motion. A classic, um, I guess this is more a flexibility test, is a sit and reach for the hamstring muscle group. Now, personally, I believe that there is a difference between mobility and flexibility. But this is debatable. And I don't 
think there's really a right or wrong answer. This could just be a case of terminology and and how we associate each term. But to me, flexibility tends to conjure up, as I say, the sit and reach for the hamstrings where you sit with your legs straight and you bend forwards and see how far you can reach. Um, you would usually have like a, a ruled measure to make it more, um, to, to get a more accurate measurement. So for me, flexibility suggests more how bendy you are, whereas mobility suggests to me how much movement capacity you have through your musculoskeletal system. So I think there is a subtle difference. So just to recap, the four health-related components of fitness are cardiovascular endurance, muscular endurance, <clears throat> muscular strength, and mobility. And to say, if you're new or returning to exercise, I suggest focusing on developing these four components first to have the maximum impact on your overall health and well-being. Once these four health-related components of fitness are, are, are better developed, you might then start to look at the skills-related components of fitness to bring um, more fun, if you like, into your workouts, more variety into your workouts to create a sense of achievement and to keep you interested and motivated in your training so that you don't get stale. And the first skills-related component of fitness is speed. So very simply, this is how fast you can move in a set period of time. And we might measure this very simply and say a 100-meter sprint. The second skills-related component of fitness is um, power, which is the rate of force production or a measure of your ability to apply force or strength. If you like, I think it's um, a measure of your usable strength because it doesn't matter how strong we are if we can't actually apply that strength. And we might measure this in a, in a variety of ways. Um, for example, we might measure how many watts, W-A-T-T-S, we can push on a bike. The next skills-related component of fitness is agility, which is the ability to change and control or manage the position and direction of your body at speed. So we might measure this um, over time taken to complete an assault course, or we could do a figure of eight test, which is measuring how quickly you can weave around a cone set in a figure of eight configuration. The next component, skills-related component of fitness, is balance, which is the ability to control and manage your position over your base of support. This could be your feet, or it could even be your hands, you know, thinking about um, single leg training, but also hand and arm balances like handstands, and arm balances such as bird pose or crow in yoga. The next skills related component of fitness is coordination, which is your ability to control your limbs and body for smooth, efficient and effective movements. 
and you might like to think of this as your good old dance. So it's really about the connection of brain to body, the speed and the finesse of that connection. And the final skills-related component of fitness is reaction time. The time taken for you to react to an impulse or a stimulus. And this might be the classic hitting a lighted button on a wall or your reaction to, say, the starting gun. So those are the 10 components of fitness. So in summary, the four health-related components are cardiovascular endurance, muscular endurance, muscular strength, and mobility. And the six skills-related components are speed, power, agility, balance, coordination, and reaction time. So you might be thinking, well, that's all very well, but how and why does this relate to me? And why should I want to train them? Well, the health-related components will help to develop cardiovascular and musculoskeletal health and mobility, which improves your heart and lung health and function and gives protection against cardiovascular and metabolic disease. It also helps to increase your bone density, giving you protection against um, conditions such as osteopenia and osteoporosis, otherwise known as brittle bone disease. It also helps to improve your joint function, range of motion and pain, and is protective against um, disabling conditions such as arthritis and degenerative joint diseases. Regular movement can also help manage blood sugar levels and therefore help to protect against metabolic conditions such as type 2 diabetes. Being regularly active can also help help you to manage your weight and keep to a healthy weight. So that's why these four health-related components should really be prioritised. Once you have these nailed, then we can go on to the skills-related components. And as I say, these can really help you to maintain your interest and motivation by adding variety to your workouts. So you're not doing the same thing over and over again and just getting stale and plateauing. They can help improve performance. So, you know, obviously if you're training for a sport or a particular event, then moving faster, being more powerful, being more agile can be really helpful. In terms of health as well, it can also help with force prevention. So we can think about balance, agility, coordination and reaction time can all really help to prevent you from falling and getting injured. And if you do fall, then power can help you to get back off the floor. You know, there's nothing that takes away your freedom more than being afraid of falling and not being able to get back up off the floor should you fall. It can also help with your posture. So your ability to know where your body and your limbs are relative to each other can really help you with your posture awareness. Movement compensation is another thing. So 
having power, having balance, coordination can really help to reduce movement compensation patterns and therefore lower the risk of you having pain or getting injured. Let's say it can also really bring a sense of achievement, um, you know, being able to move faster, being able to balance successfully on your hands or on one leg, reacting quickly. These can all build a sense of achievement. And once we start to achieve, we become more confident. Our self-esteem goes up. And again, that's going to stimulate our, the reward systems in our brain, keep us motivated and keep us training and more importantly, enjoying our training. So those are the 10 components of fitness and how we can use them to develop long-term health and fitness whilst keeping our fitness mojo and staying motivated through our training. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do have a question that you'd like me to answer, then drop me a voice message using the link in the episode description, or you're welcome to message me directly through my Facebook profile. Remember to subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes. And I hope you enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. Until the next time, bye.